Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. First things first, because I know it has been a, a rough few days for a lot of people out there, maybe a rough couple of weeks, rough couple of months. I, I can relate. I just hope that not to steal a line from Adam Pierce, but just go out there and love somebody today. You know, go out there, give them a big embrace like Tony Khan to Claudio Castanoli, which is really, really hard for me to say because for 12 plus years, he's been either Antonio Cesaro or Cesaro. It's got to be really hard for me to say Claudio from now on, but just go out there and love somebody today and give him a big old hug. Right, Graham? I agree. I think that's the best advice you can give right now. And uh, yeah, no, I couldn't have said it any better myself, my man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you joining. SP3 has got uh, a bunch of spinning plates today. So Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report uh, has been kind enough to come in here and pinch hit on a Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, a special live edition here on Monday. We do appreciate everybody joining us here today. We got a lot to break down. Forbidden Door, the door just shoved open last night, a historic pay-per-view. I We, we talked about this on the, uh, on the prediction show here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. Had a feeling that it was going to be at least a fair amount of predictability in there. Obviously, the injury bug played a factor in the card as well. Did not stop it from being a very, very good show top to bottom. Maybe a couple finishes here or there fell a little bit flat. Some extenuating circumstances in there. We'll talk about the latest uh, with Adam Cole, uh, with John Moxley. Obviously, a lot to get into with uh, Claudio as well. And then, of course, you know, it just wouldn't be a, a show here on Believe in Pro Wrestling if we didn't talk a little bit of comparison here every now and again between AEW and WWE. But, uh, Graham, while I'm stalling here because I forgot to pull up my uh, my script for my sponsor, why don't you tell the five folks who are unfamiliar with your work a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I know it's been a little while since I was last speaking with you guys, SB3, here on the show. I think it was back in March we last spoke. I've been, I think about the Revolution show. But, uh, yeah, you can find my work on Bleacher Report, Fan Sided Daily, DDT, What Culture as well. Uh, just kind of covering everything that we're talking here today, WWE, AEW. I am a madman. I watch almost as much as possible. Ironically, one of the only promotions I don't really watch in the regular is New Japan. Yeah. Um, but I try to watch it on occasion, the Wrestle Kingdom shows, the major shows. I'm familiar with all the top stars. So I love last night's show, but for more of my thoughts and shows like this and uh, in audio form, written form, it's on Bleach Report, my website, WrestleRant.com, YouTube as well, WrestleRant. Everything's pretty much all WrestleRant related. So it's it's a busy time in wrestling right now. We had this show last night. We have Money in the Bank coming up this weekend, yep. which I think you're going to be at, right, Rick? No, I will not be at Money in the Bank. I'll be at SummerSlam. Oh, okay. I'll be at SummerSlam too. I thought you were going to be a money. There we go. No, 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 no. I I can't afford two trips to Vegas within a year. <laughs> within a year. Apart. Yeah, right. You know, I, I just can't do it. Um, and SummerSlam is a, a like a four hour drive to me. That's to not bad. Yeah, That's no. Awesome. I'm glad you brought up uh, pay per views and SummerSlam or whatnot. It is the final week here, guys. It is the final week to get registered. By the way. You can win two tickets to WWE SummerSlam. All you have to do is be a subscriber here to Believe in Pro Wrestling and then retweet my pinned tweet. It looks a lot like this. You'll see this nice little graphic there. You retweet it. If you're subscribed to the channel, 
This weekend, when Money in the Bank rolls around, we're going to pick a winner. Boom. You get to Nashville, we're going to get you inside Nissan Stadium for SummerSlam. So make sure to hop on that. It is the final week. And before we get started, before we go any further, got to thank our partners over at Bet Online, the continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Hope you made some money on the NHL and NBA finals. Those are in the rearview mirror, but you can still get the latest odds, new sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon finals, Major League Baseball still going on. At least, you know, people outside of Cincinnati still care about that. Uh, the latest fighting news, even next season's early NFL futures. It's all there. Head on over to the website. Use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I said 50%. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B-L-E-A-V. Get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. I know we had a great main event. I know we crowned a new AEW champion last night, but Graham, we have to start with the debut of Claudio Castanoli, AKA Cesaro debuts for AEW. He was the hand-picked replacement by Brian Danielson. He is the newest member of the Blackpool combat club. He defeated Zack Sabre jr. Last night in a fantastic match at forbidden door. And look, Everybody from fans in attendance to fans online to former colleagues of his had a smile on their face ear to ear last night. He deserved that moment. He deserved that pop. And he deserves everything I think he's going to get in AEW now that he's there. Yeah, your girl, uh, your girl Becky Lynch being among them. I saw her tweets last night. Very happy to see that. Xavier Woods as well. Xavier Woods as well. (laughs) I got a good laugh out of that. That was great. Yeah, a lot of people very excited to see Claudio in AEW. And it was the name many of us expected. I know other names like Johnny Gargano were being thrown around, Jonathan Gresham, even Timothy Thatcher to some. Uh, All great competitors, don't get me wrong, but not that this was predictable, but sometimes you got to go with what people want to see. And AEW in the past, this kind of delivered surprises that underwhelmed. I mean, all companies are not immune to that. Um, AEW as well, but I'm glad they went with the name that we all thought it was going to be. He was the perfect person for this spot. And I didn't catch all the media scrum, but from what I can understand, they were always planning on bringing him in, probably getting in time for the Ring of Honor show in Lowell Mass next month, which is cool. So they just kind of bumped it up a little bit with Brian being out. And I was bummed we didn't get that Brian Zack Sabre Jr. matchup, but this was just as great. And Claudio and AEW, as he said during that media scrum, is just the perfect fit. And it's been so long since we last saw him. I mean, the last time we saw him on TV four months ago, he was losing to Happy Corbin on SmackDown. I mean, what a difference four months can make. And he's looking fantastic. He's got the old Ring of Honor music revamped now in AEW, which is cool. He's got the old name back. I agree. It's going to be weird calling him that for right now. Um, I mean, I almost feel like they should have just called him Claudio because the last name throws me for a loop. I've never been able to pronounce it correctly, but I do believe it is Castanoli. I think like he is silent. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, I thought it was Castignoli with the G. Maybe it is. I don't know. Castignoli. Castignoli is how you pronounce it. Castignoli. Okay. Claudio, regardless, the former Cesaro. (laughs) Great to see him. And uh, man, that reaction was wild i mean that that pop was crazy for a guy that we knew was basically going to be there it was a hero's welcome for claudio and i think him and aw just makes a lot of sense and listen i'm not saying that aw should sign everyone i think they've sent a lot of people some of which they don't really know what to do with right now yeah. my big thing with them signing people is if, as long as they have a plan for them and they have direction from the get-go for the next few months whatever then kind of figure it out from there Keith Lee didn't really seem like they had a plan for him. And now we're seeing the swerve thing, which is good. But with Claudio, he's in the Blackpool Combat Club from the get-go. He's in blood and guts. He faced Saber on Sunday. He's got a lot of things going on right now. And based on what we saw at the media scrum last night, it sounds like he will be involved in Ring of Honor in that next pay-per-view next month. 
So it sounds like they kind of already have figured out what they want to do with him, as they should, because he's one of the best out there right now. Yeah, there's no question. And and yeah, uh, based off of the media scrum, because I haven't had a chance to watch all of it yet, I did have to do my shoot job this morning, which meant I went to bed as soon as the pay-per-view ended last <laughs> night. So I've just kind of picked up little pieces here and there. Uh, this was not the plan to bring him in for this spot or for this pay-per-view, obviously. But what a great audible to call, right? Like you knew you were going to have this guy signed, sealed and delivered. You wanted to uh, present him in a major way. He was the obvious choice uh, to throw in there for for Brian Danielson. And it just made sense from from so many different angles, including having him be the guy who's going to be in blood and guts on Wednesday, because now you have the whole angle between him and Eddie Kingston uh, that you can play off with one another. And that should be one of Claudio's first feuds uh, mm -hmm. in AEW. I know you, you mentioned he has a lot going on right now. He's got a lot going on this week. Obviously what's going to happen next is my biggest question because we, he's always been that guy who has been pegged in WWE as sitting here going, he deserves better. He's one of the most underutilized guys. How many years were we saying that about the guy? 10? At least. <laughs> Eight, nine, 10 yeah. years we're saying, come on, guys. Do you know what you have? And he was just there. He was the consummate professional in WWE. Yeah, use me if you want. I'm, I'm there. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Everybody loves the guy, except for Eddie Kingston. He's the only one that hates him for some reason. <laughs> I think it has something to do with an independent booking before he went to WWE. How much of that to work? How much of that to shoot? I'm not really sure, but Eddie will uh, definitely let it, your feel, his feelings know about it, known about that. But man, he was just vastly underutilized in WWE. And I guess, you know, my question is, as it is with all of the people who get brought in from, from WWE, great, they're here. They were misused, miscast, cast off in WWE. Are they going to be properly utilized here? I think the saving grace for Claudio, who's in the hottest thing going in wrestling right now, which is the Blackpool Combat Club. So yep. they're going to have something for him. They're going to have some kind of plan here. But do we, what's the ceiling here for Claudio in AEW? That's my, my biggest question. Do, or should we expect this guy to be fighting for a world championship within the next three years? Because right now, my pipe dream is Claudio and Miro fighting for the AEW title. Like, stick <laughs> it into my veins right effing now. I don't care what your plans are. Forget about John Moxley. Forget about CM Punk. I want to see that. I don't that know what we're going to get yeah. that, but you know, it still might be some time, but what do you think his ceiling is here in AEW? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like, well, first of all, because I think a lot of the misconception from not, maybe I guess people that aren't AEW fans or whatever, whenever we get excited about a new name coming in, the detractors, and listen, I, I'll call BS on WWE, I'll call BS on AEW. I don't really pick sides here. I enjoy all the promotions. I pr enjoy all wrestling. I think the biggest argument is, oh, well, people are going to claim he's a game changer. He's not a game changer. He's not going to boost ratings. He's not going to be, he's not going to put the company over 2 million viewers a, a week or whatever. He's a great fit for that roster. And it's great for him, honestly, if anything else, he's going to be working with the younger guys, the guys late 30s, early 40s. Um, he's not going to be someone that's going to be there for the next 20 years, I wouldn't think, but he still has so much left to offer. He's incredible in the ring. What is his ceiling? Like I said, I think my best guess is that he shouldn't be solely relegated to Ring of Honor with how good this guy is. But oh, like Joe, no. when we get the show going, which is my biggest question for Tony Khan right now in AEW is what is going on with the Ring of Honor on the regular? We have this next show. That's great. But like, are they going to turn one of the dark shows into a Ring of Honor show? Or I doubt they get a TV deal with Rampage just not doing great ratings. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, 
But I do think when they think when they get that thing going, he should be dividing his time between AEW and Ring of Honor. I think he could be a top guy over there. Him and Jonathan Gresham would be incredible. Um, but not again solely relegated to Ring of Honor because if no one's really going to be watching, I mean, it depends on what the viewership's going to be. Um, you know, we need to be seeing a lot of Cesaro in AEW as well. So a world champion in AEW, probably not. I mean, the thing is, I feel like we have this conversation with almost everyone that comes into AEW. Correct. I feel like. There's so many people. Yeah, you could look at that roster right now. I could see Keith Lee as a world champion right there, right now. He's also a little bit younger than Cesaro, and he's a bit of a fresher face. Um, I don't know. With Cesaro, I just feel like, as he said in the media scrum, it more is a matter of just new challenges, new opponents, a fresh scenery, as opposed to him having a higher ceiling. Like Again, the thing with Keith Lee was weird. I mean, there might be a lot of reasons there. He could have been a world champion in WWE either. I was never going to see Cesaro as a world champion in WWE. They just didn't see him that way. I don't think he's a guy that's going to come in and win the world title, at least the AEW world title. He can ring, He can win the Ring of Honor world championship. I think that'd be a perfect fit for him, honestly. Or the TNT championship, upper mid-carder probably. Um, yeah, Atlantic I don't know. Title, all Atlantic title would yeah, be that, that as well. Yeah, and then you could also maybe do, and I've been saying this for months because I've been saying, listen, get the Kings of Wrestling in AEW. Get them in the Blackpool Combat Club. Both of them have history with Regal. We have Claudio. Now we just need Chris Hero. I think that'd be another great fit for him as well. There's a lot of things he can do because I don't want to see him solely be a tag team guy either. We saw him in a million tag teams in WWE, all all of which were great, but I want to see what he can do on his own, you know? Right, and that's the thing. It's like, if, if we're comparing how Tony Khan is going to use them compared to how WWE used them, that's not a high bar. It's, it, it's not. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the, the argument could be made that he's already booked him better uh, in a lot of certain <laughs> circumstances. I mean, if you think about most of his success for, for Cesaro, it came in tag teams, whether yep. it was with Swagger or uh, Tyson Kidd or obviously with Sheamus as a part of the bar. I mean, they, they always had him in a tag team and that's where he got his biggest pushes it wasn't until quite recently where he got the the wrestlemania match against uh, seth rollins and got that big win which led to uh the match with uh, roman reigns uh, for the for the universal championship yeah. which was fantastic but he lost and then after that it was nothing 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 came out of it not a damn thing no elevation no nothing do not pass go. Do not collect $200 straight back to catering for Cesaro. And you're going to be losing on main event. And Like you said, you're losing a happy Corbin on SmackDown. That's just, <laughs> that's how they saw him, which is kind of ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what it was that WWE never really saw in the guy. Is he the best talker in the world? No, not really, but you know, not everybody's a five tool player. Just again, I think this is WWE kind of leaning too much on the entertainment than focusing mm-hmm. on what this guy can bring them, and they never really unleashed him. And I think Tony Khan is going to do that. I think Tony Khan is going to unleash him. And again, he's with the Blackpool Combat Club. He's got Brian Danielson there. As soon as he comes back, that's going to be great. They could go after the tag team titles uh, if they wanted to do that. They could do something with him and Wheeler Yuta. I think that would be great. Maybe the Ring of Honor uh, tag team titles at some point. But again, now we're talking about putting him in tag teams again. So I think mm-hmm. there's going to be options for him. Do I see him as as winning a world championship? Maybe, maybe I'll say maybe, maybe the ring of honor world title, uh, maybe the AEW title. It, it all depends on honestly what he wants to do. He is 41 years old. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of options. That's the thing I love about AEW's roster right now. It it is snake bit. It is snake bit. You got injury on top of injury that, that should honestly have decimated this forbidden door card. 
But because Tony Khan has amassed such a depth in their roster, I mean, we look at WWE, they suffered two major injuries, and we're going, what are they going to do? They're screwed. Seriously. Cody gets hurt. Oh, crap. They're screwed. Like, <laughs> Randy Orton, we're going, yeah. damn it. They're screwed. And here comes Brock <laughs> Lesnar again. All right. Yeah. That's their backup plan. Yep. AEW's got guys on top of guys on top of guys. And we can sit here and talk about, you know, a list of eight, nine dudes deep that should be winning the AEW world title. And most of them are ex ex WWE guys. Hell, mm -hmm. Pack, one of the AEW originals, just won his first world, his first championship this weekend. That's how stacked that card is. So it's always going to be hard. The competition's always going to be hard in AEW because you have that roster depth. And you got all these young guys do too. I mean, we talk about people who could potentially win a world championship, and I'm sitting here going, You guys, Wardlow's not that far off. Yeah. Yeah. You got whatever's going on with MJF. Yep. Uh, as well. Like Tony Khan, he's that's what I love about him is, is he got he's got these plans. He's got plans that are are years down the road. He mm -hmm. took two years to put a world championship on Hangman Adam Page. And then CM Punk showed up and it completely threw everything for a loop. So <laughs> You know, whatever it's going to be, I, I guarantee it's going to be better than what he got in WWE. But again, it's not a high bar. I am happy for him. I'm excited that he's there. I can't wait to watch him in blood and guts. And we could get a a, a, a We the People reunion uh, this oh, week. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. I got I to text my boy Dutch Mantel and see if he's going to be uh, called up <laughs> for, uh, you know, action this Wednesday and just show up with a you know, with a, with an American flag and just kind of ride around an ATV around the ring and uh, just have a nice stare off moment. I think that would be fun if Tony Khan could pull that off, but uh, yeah, then man, there's a lot going on that they got uh, that they could do with Antonio Cesaro. Excuse me, Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah, exactly. Hard. No, it's funny too. Cause especially when you talk about where he was on the roster in WWE before he left, you talk about AEW being snake bitten with injuries right now. And honestly, it doesn't even really affect the show. Like MJF isn't around for the time being due to creative stuff. And then Kenny Omega's out for right now. He's been out for a while. Punk's out temporarily. We don't know how long Brian's going to be out. And it's still like they have an amazing roster of people to work with and whatever. WWE has really not no stars, but minimal amount of stars between raw and smackdown they have a brand split they have to abide to which they really don't but right. uh, at this current point they kind of forgot about it but at this point there's so much growth like there are people they could escalate up the card even when cesaro was still there four months ago they could have pushed him up the card in the absence of other stars that weren't there at that point even yep. going into wrestlemania you know and stuff like that and they actively chose not to now i know roman reigns was still the champion at that point he's still the champion now we already got cesaro and roman but surely you could do something more with him than having him lose to Happy Corbin. Like you said, after that Roman feud ran its course last year, they literally had nothing for Cesaro. Like he was facing the Alpha Academy, I remember. I remember pulling up a stat right before he left, actually. And, and then he like his contract expired in February. But I remember looking it up. The guy hadn't won a match on TV since July of last year by pinfall. I think he won a couple of DQ matches, uh, won a couple of matches by DQ. That's it which just amazes me. I'm not even saying he will be on AEW TV every week. He might be on dark for a little while. Who knows? I mean, they have such a roster. We we don't really know how it's going to go, but yeah. I'm excited. The guy's an amazing talent, and I think so far he's a great fit. Yeah, and you know, you bring up all of these injuries that AEW is suffering right now, yeah. and it looked like we may have hit a couple more, and I believe it was the Wrestling Observer or Fightful Select, or maybe both of them, uh, who said that there are there are a bunch of nagging injuries within the roster right now too that are going you know unreported. So there are yep. some dudes that are that are hurting right now. The the wrestling 
uh, injury bug is a, is a real thing. So hopefully everybody is, is taking care of themselves as much as possible. But we did have another one uh, last night that unfortunately, man, you're watching a, a, a classic fatal four way go down for the IWGP world heavyweight championship. And then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt at the end and left the entire United center just scratching their head. It was mm -hmm. obvious that something did not go according to plan. I immediately rewind, like rewound it. Like did Adam Cole just lose on nothing because he did <laughs> not get hit with anything. And yeah, he got pinned after getting hit with nothing. And the reports are, it's believed that he would have had uh, suffered a concussion last night uh, and was pretty much out on his feet, which was such a, a, a shame for that match. And it kind of just sucked all the energy out of the building the way that that match ended last night. He was in there already with a torn, torn labrum. And then when it appeared that he got, you know, he took the uh, that drop kick from Okada, it just knocked him flat out. And unfortunately, it was just a, a shame that that match ended that way because it was such a banger prior to that yeah it was such a good match and the finish was bizarre you could tell immediately like you said that that something was wrong someone got hurt obviously it was Cole um yeah it was a disappointing finish the match still was great and like you said he was already going into that match banged up I don't think we've seen Cole in action since double or nothing when he won the men's own heart cup final I think they kept him out of the ring on purpose um, just so he didn't get any hurt or didn't get any further hurt or didn't exaggerate the injury or whatever. So, or aggravate the injury rather. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it sucks. And like you said, the roster still will be fine with the amount of people they have left, but it kind of makes you wonder like where they go from here. And obviously here's wishing him a speedy recovery and he's not out yeah. for long concussions. Could, he could be back on Wednesday. He could be back next week. He could be up for three months. We really don't know. That's the scary thing about concussions. And thankfully they'll take it seriously and they'll only have him back when it makes sense for him to be back. And, Maybe he'll use this time off from the concussion to fix the torn labrum, as you mentioned. So yeah. who knows? But um, I don't know. If you got, but here's the thing. You got O'Reilly and Fish who are both hurt, too. We haven't even yeah. brought them up either. So it's yeah. like. So then it just leaves the Bucks because Omega's still out, too. So it's like, what do you even. Again, the storyline stuff comes secondary. But it's like, where did where do they go with the Undisputed Elite stuff? Does Jay White stick around for a little while? Or do the Bucks go off and do something else? Because they think, lost last I think night. I, don't know. I know exactly where you go with the Bucks. Well, yeah, they're the tag team champions. They're so. the tag team champions, and they got a collision course with FTR. I'm sorry, that's where it has yeah. to go. Put all the gold, all of it on the line. I'm glad that they went with FTR to win that tag team match uh, last night. I know there was concern from uh, Nick Hausman and some other people that because of the the issues with the companies, with the New Japan and AAA not wanting to work with one another, that they may not want this their tag team belts on the same team. I'm glad mm -hmm. that that was all kind of thrown out the window allowed FTR to become seven stars last night. They are red hot. They are white hot. Got a scare with, with Dax Harwood, you know, like right at the beginning. I know a lot of people are like, you have got to be <laughs> shitting me. This man yeah. is on an absolute heater and he drops a, a freaking elbow and all of a sudden his shoulder pops out of the socket. Obviously was able to come back to a, a big uh, reaction, was able to get back in the match, won the match last night. He's on was in the media scrum last night. He's on Twitter today saying he's ready to go for an Ironman match. So it sounds like he's all right, sur survived an injury scare there. Thank God. But these two teams got to be meeting up and all out in Chicago in what, a couple of months here. And FTR just needs to be taking all the damn gold. That's exactly where you go with the young bucks. So yeah, let Adam Cole get healthy. Let Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby fish get healthy. Jay white can go do whatever he's going to do with the IWGP world title. I mean, he appears to have a new challenger. So like, let's go. Let's just, 
Let's let everybody get healthy. And that's where the depth comes in. WWE loses two dudes, and you're like, damn it, we're screwed. The Let's, show's call gonna Brock suck, yeah. <laughs> Let's call Brock Lesnar. Let's call Brock Lesnar. Everything's fine, and we'll just wipe our hands and book our SummerSlam matchup eight weeks out with no more build necessary whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> AEW doesn't have to do that because they have built such a really, really deep yep. roster. I did want to ask you about the main event last night before we move on to the five count. And guys, I know we're, we're talking back and forth over and over again here. Make sure to get your comments in. Any questions you got for myself or Graham, uh, we'll try to answer them uh, throughout the uh, entirety of the afternoon here. Uh, nice CSP3 checking in in between his busy schedule, uh, welcoming Graham back onto the channel. So thank you very much. Thank you, uh, SP3. Yes, SP3. Appreciate that. The MVP of this show. We did have the main event last night. And anytime you start putting dream match on anything, right? It that's that's a high bar to look to to look forward to. I feel like we do that a lot with AJ Styles, whether it's against Seth Rollins or whether it's against Edge or whether it was against Shinsuke Nakamura. It's like, oh, this is a dream match. Let's go. This is gonna be awesome. Yep. And you know, that that's a high bar for them to reach. John Moxley and um Tanahashi was a a match last night that was a dream match. It had that marker. Did you think it lived up to the hype last night? It's such a weird thing to call something a dream match, like you said. I mean, I feel like it raises unnecessary expectations. It was still a very good match, but the thing is, is that I would have first, I will say this as a side note. I love the fact the show was under four hours. Part of the issue with Double or Nothing with me, and I love Punk and Page that it was a very good match. It was over uh, here on the East Coast. It was over well past midnight, and it was like a four or five hour show. It was ridiculous. Yep. Um, this went over, was over before midnight and the show was so strong consistently and it wasn't like that much shorter of a show. It wasn't a three hour pay-per-view, but you know, everything was just so good. And it really is a contender for show of the year. One of the best pay-per-views AEW has done so far. And that's a high bar as well. Um, cause that wasn't too fond of double or nothing. It was a great show, but they still had the tough task of following everything else that came before it, like 10 or 11 matches. If you include the buy-in. Um, I did think it was a very good match, if not a great match. Was it a dream match? Did it live up to the billing as one of the best matches all year? No, because I didn't even think it was the best match all night. I honestly think that that title goes to either. I thought the opener was much better than I thought it would be because I really couldn't give two craps about the inner circle stuff. Yeah. The, oh, the, uh, the Jericho, Suzuki, Yuta six-man tag team match. I thought that was phenomenal. Um, really loved Osprey and Cassidy. That to me was probably the match. And then even the women's match at only being 10 minutes was still very good as well. So, um, and also the four, it was very entertaining up until the finish. So that's the thing I would probably say it was a very good match. Was it a dream match? Could they have done better? I think so. They still got an ample amount of time. It was around 20 minutes. It was the right finish. I think the predictability in this case hurt it. Cause I honestly was Part of me was thinking, I know Tanahashi wasn't going to win because he obviously has to go back to Japan for the G1 and whatever. I'm still thinking it would be cool if they put the belt on him. It wouldn't be cool if he wasn't around to defend it, but it would still be right. cool if he was champion for a little while. And I love Moxley. He's on a tear right now. He's one of the better people going in AEW at the moment, but maybe that hurt it for me. I don't know. It was still a very good match. It closed out a great show. And uh, the aftermath, I wasn't too high on either. I know they have to promote blood and guts. Gang wars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like another brawl. They closed Rampage this way. They closed Dynamite this way. It's like, just let the it, moment. You know what, though? It moment. was nice to see Claudio get the music, uh, yes. come down and clear out the ring. And he could be the central focus of everything. And it really did set the stage nicely for, uh, for blood and guts because you had Moxley, who was all like, hey, look at this guy. Yeah, he's an AEW. This is awesome. <laughs> and then you had Eddie Kingston walking with like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's gonna be cool on Wednesday. Yeah. So now they got a team on on Wednesday, so 
Uh, that that set the stage really nicely. By the way, just real quick on uh, Cesaro. Good on him for wrapping his arms around the bald camera guy. That was awesome. For those that know, it was great. Yes, the fact that he actually paid attention and he knew that that was uh, that was very <laughs> well planned out uh, for him. If you don't know what, we, what we're talking about, you're like, what the hell's going on? The camera yeah. guy. There's these memes that have been floating around on on social media, or at least this conspiracy conspiracy theory that this bald camera guy at ringside looked like Cesaro, and everybody thought it was going to be Cesaro this yeah, whole time. Yeah, he was jacked and whatever. Yeah, just jacked. Like and, no, it turned out it, it, it was not Cesaro. Just a cameraman, just, yeah. Just not everything is an inside camera. work, yeah. Yes, not everything is 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 a work, uh, 100% correct. For me, this match was very, very good. All right, it was, it was brutal. There was blood. It was everything you wanted out of this match. I do agree with you that I think the predictability of it kind of sucked me out at the end. And I did have a problem with like the crescendo of the finish mm-hmm. because I just felt like the finish. I don't want to say came out of nowhere for me, but I, I felt like, like as soon as the three count happened, my initial thought was, wait, that's it mm-hmm. like that. That's that. And I hate that. That was my initial reaction. And I do think the predictability of it, uh, you know, was there, but I, again, I went back, I rewound it and I watched it again. And yeah, it made sense because you had Moxley clean his clock. Then he gave him about 20 elbows. Then he put him in the bulldog choke and then he gave him the death driver. And I'm like, yeah, that should have finished him off. But I just felt like there wasn't enough of a big, loud crescendo. And maybe it's because I get so used to these like Adam Cole type matches where it's like 18 super kicks. And now I'm kicking out of a Michinoku driver and this, that, and the other thing. And it's just, you know, you're throwing everything out there. I, w- I guess I was expecting something different, and maybe that's my fault, but the finish did fall just a little bit flat to me, but that doesn't mean it was a bad match whatsoever. Again, living up to a dream match, you'd have to ask somebody who, like SP3, who is a huge uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling guy. I am a very novice New Japan Pro Wrestling guy. Same, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a new New Japan Pro Wrestling guy. I was very impressed with a lot of the guys who were on the card last night. Um, you know, especially the kid who was in the, the Jericho appreciation society match, the one that Jericho actually locked into the, the walls of Jericho in new Japan. I'm glad that they yeah, brought that, that was history great. into it. Uh, he shined last night. I think Mr. Connors made a lot of fans last night in the, uh, all Atlantic uh, championship match. He turned that crowd on its head last night and they were rooting for him halfway through that. But overall, man considering the injuries, considering the logistics of putting a pay-per-view like that on. Yeah. You can make fun of the guy all you want. I'd be happy with tears in my eyes, like Tony Khan and hugging Antonio (laughs) Cesaro at the, at the desk, you know, like hell yeah, man, you did something that nobody thought was possible. Hell yeah. Hats off to Tony Khan for putting on that show last night. Yeah, man. It really is crazy. Considering I saw a lot of people saying coming out of it, one of if now the show of the year, one of the best pay-per-views that we've seen so far in AEW in the last three years, which is a really high bar specifically because the last time we chatted about revolution a couple months ago, we were talking about the string and the streak they were on of pay-per-views revolution ended up being great. But like right before that full gear was phenomenal. I was at all out last year. That was one of the best shows I've ever been to in Chicago. That was an, that was amazing as well. Double or nothing, I didn't love. I thought that was a fine show. This kind of made up for that, in my opinion. And not only just the injuries, but in my opinion as well, the build to the show wasn't overly great. And I don't fully fold AEW for that. They didn't have a lot of time. They couldn't do this in right. July. They couldn't do it in August. All Out's coming up in um, you know Labor Day weekend. And the G1's coming up next month. So they couldn't do it any later than this. And it was only a month after Double or Nothing. The injuries happened. That's stuff you can't predict. Could they have done other stuff better? 
obviously. I mean, they announced some other matches like on Wednesday and Friday days yeah, before they put, the like pay-per-view. four matches, like, like this <laughs> card, like doubled in size. I'm like, okay, we could have announced this stuff like a week or two ago. There really wasn't an excuse for that, but still, like I said, this on Twitter, despite the week build, it was a phenomenal show. And it makes you wonder how, if how great a show this was, how much stronger the inevitable sequel is going to be when you have everyone in the mix, whether it be yeah. a punk Danielson, Omega, like, that is incredible. Those three people alone. Yeah. Were you surprised we didn't get any kind of uh, Omega or CM Punk sighting for that matter, seeing as the event was in Chicago? Or is it just, would you think it was kind of smart to leave them off a little? Uh, didn't bother me. They weren't on. Surprised me that Punk wasn't there. Not surprised by Omega. I was hoping Omega would show up, but I saw the headlines that the interviews he was doing leading up to with Fightful and stuff like that. The way he was talking about it, like, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be fucking... What's his name? Zack Sabre Jr.'s opponent. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But like he even it was like, oh, yeah, there's no chance it's me. OK, like I don't think anyone expected that to be him. But I'm thinking he might come out afterward and confront, you know, Okada or whatever, and then tease something with Cole. Maybe that would have been cool. I really think they're just holding out with him until he's ready to come back. And it sounds like he's not even close yet, which as long as he's 100 percent healthy when he comes back or close to 100 percent, that's really all that matters. Um, so I wasn't surprised by that after reading his comments over the weekend. Punk, I was a little surprised by we haven't. I don't think he's even been on Twitter since he got hurt earlier this month. So we've heard nothing from him. Yeah. He's been very quiet. They were in Chicago though. So I'm thinking, but the way they did it, they probably couldn't have had him on the show. I don't want to see him in the sky box. If he's going to make an appearance, he has to come out after the main event, do the two titles a la punk and Cena from 11 years ago, do that whole thing. But you couldn't do that because they had the blood and guts hype right afterwards. So you know, it didn't bother me. They weren't that, that neither of them were on. Here's the other thing with punk. Can he even walk right now? Yeah, that's the thing. I'm thinking, does he come out with crutches? Does he want to do that? Like does Tony, does Tony Khan want him to do that? Uh, I don't think so. So Personally, that's a great I just point. Have AJ Lee roll me down to the ring in a wheelchair. Uh, you <laughs> know, you would have had a great pop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I Heck, I just want AJ Lee to roll me anywhere. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> sorry. That was inappropriate. I apologize. <laughs> uh derek here saying uh minora suzuki and claudio castagnoli is one of my uh dream matches uh i think a lot of people would love to see that as well i did love suzuki and uh eddie kingston last night uh where, where suzuki gets in the ring and kingston just like all right let's bring it on he just takes the strap yeah, right yeah, down, that. puffs the chest. that is a certain kind of energy that only eddie kingston uh can uh can bring and don't worry new we will be talking about uh, john cena's 20 year anniversary we got a lot to get into i gotta wrap up uh, a little bit here with forbidden door but yes we will be getting into some wwe conversation as well big monday night raw and as graham alluded to it is a pay-per-view week as well busy busy time in the world of professional wrestling let's dive into this shall we it's time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network we don't always do the whole WWE versus AEW thing. You know, occasionally we'll, we'll make some fun topics about this. I do find this one to be a necessary one to ask, though. Because I'm watching that All-Atlantic Championship match last night, and I'm just sitting here going, you know what, man? This would have been a whole lot of fun, and it would have been really nice to see if this was Neville, Rusev, and uh alistair going head to head over the intercontinental championship or oh. the united states championship or, or or something like that and since he made his debut last night i'll throw this one in there as well what do you think was the bigger or who do you think it should be the proper way to say this 
Who do you think was the bigger miss for WWE? Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, or Claudio Castagnoli? Oh, that's a great question. Of those four, obviously all four are misses. I, the, the first name that jumps out to me without hesitation is Malachi. I just think Malachi with the gimmick, with that NXT Aleister Black, you put him on Raw or SmackDown. Under the NXT circumstances, conditions of like they actually know what they're doing with the talent as far as booking in them and not changing anything. Music entrance, still a badass. Nothing has changed. That man would be a world champion. No doubt about it. Claudio Cesaro, great talent. Like you said, just not the greatest talker. I don't see him as a perennial world champion in that company. I could have seen him with like a token title run, like what they did a couple times with like Kofi could have been maybe champion a couple more times, but they gave him the title for like six months. Jinder Mahal, same thing. He was a champion for six months or whatever. Surely Cesaro could have gotten a feel good moment as champion, lost it a month or two later, whatever. They could have given him a Zach, a Zach Ryder-esque reign. Yeah, exactly. I don't see Christian, you know, kind of. Exactly. And when he won the world title, it was more of a, uh, you a know, well-deserved type thing. Yeah. It was like, Hey, can, thank you for all you've done for us over the last 10 years. Kind of thing. Exactly. Sure enough. They could have done that. I agree. Uh, Miro obviously could have been a lot bigger than he was, was never even looked at as a main eventer during his entire time there. He won a couple singles titles, but that was about it. The Miro. Now that we're seeing, if we got this in WWE, I'm not even sure. I don't know. I feel like he's just more motivated himself now, too. I mean, he was great in WWE, but they were kind of doing the comedy thing. He was a baby face and he's in much better shape now than he was five years ago, too. So that also not, not that it was, it was his fault that he failed in WWE, not even that he failed, but um, still, they could have done a lot more with him. And then Pac, I just never saw him getting to what like a world champion level there. He surely could have been beyond the cruiserweight stuff. The king of the cruiserweight stuff, had they put that in like the heavyweight division could have been great. I don't think he would have been world champion, but. I just look at Malachi Black and I think, why wasn't this guy world champion? Him and Keith Lee are like, to me, of all the people they've cut in the last two years, I just, I'm sitting here scratching my head. Why weren't they bigger than they were? Like, what was the reasoning behind those two getting cut? That to me makes no sense. When they didn't even try, they were there for a year or two. They didn't even yeah. try with those people. That's what I mean, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, carry, throw Karrion Cross in there. Karrion Cross well. too. Yeah, I mean, he was a tailor-made WWE yeah. main event world champion. And it's like, now we're going to feed you to Jeff Hardy, who was losing <laughs> matches on wrestle on 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 main event uh weeks prior yeah we we, i just lost to shanky and jinder mahal but don't worry we're gonna beat this (laughs) undefeated monster inside of two minutes with a roll-up and oh by the way here's a gimp mask good luck go get that (laughs) over just mind-boggling some of the decisions that they make with these there honestly there's a lot of dudes that you could put in this category Derek says it has to be claudio castagnoli interesting noob saying malachi black is the biggest miss from from wwe hypno whoop Sorry, hypnosis, bro, uh, saying Malachi for sure. He was a future world champion and then uh, barely was featured in feuds. And, you know, Malachi Black reminds me a lot of the way that they booked Damian Priest because without the without the championship win, because Malachi Mm -hmm. won a lot of matches for like a year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like he was like a secondary character in somebody else's feud. And then he ended up getting his eye shoved into a a steel (laughs) ring step because, you know, Seth Rollins was feuding with Rey Mysterio. I don't even remember a whole lot of it. Buddy Matthews was in there as well. Uh, So it it was probably for the better that those two guys got out of there. But for me, man, for everything you said about Miro, it's got to be him. Okay. Yeah, he does everything. I mean, outside of like huge, high flying athletic moves which he doesn't necessarily need because he's such a badass he's a five-tool player 
He can be serious. He can give you comic uh, stuff. He can be a total badass. He can destroy anybody in the ring. He's absolutely believable as a monster ring, whether he had the extra pounds or not. Mm-hmm. Like he's got everything you want out of the guy. And he's another one of these classic dudes who they decided to push up to a certain point because mm-hmm. he was a foreign heel. <laughs> and then we're going to feed him to John Cena. And then, mm-hmm. then, and then from there, it's like wedding cakes and, you know, my wife's on me and League of Nations, which was never going anywhere. It's like, I, and it's like they, you you heard all of these like rumors and things about how they they valued you know Rusev at yeah. the time and they wanted to keep him they wanted to pay him all this money and Rusev is like I want to be booked better I want yeah. like, a world title run at least that's what the rumors were and it's like no wonder they never agreed to anything because they obviously never had the thought of putting him there which is <laughs> mind boggling to me the only reason he went on the Saudi Arabia show was to get beat by the Undertaker in a casket match. So it's like, <laughs> That's what they thought of the guy. And I'm like, this guy does everything well. What are you not seeing? I I can honestly, I can look at Pac and Malachi and Claudio and put my, as SP3 would say, my Vince hat on and go, okay, Claudio's not the mm-hmm. biggest entertainment guy. Pack, he does a couple of things really well as far as a character standpoint, but he's not really that versatile. I can understand where people may not really kind of dive into the Malachi character or excuse me, the Alistair character and, and hop on board with that. But that didn't stop him from pushing Bray Wyatt. Now did it? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what they did not see in Miro. And to me, that makes him the biggest miss because he does everything. Well, he does everything. Great. Yeah. Me, great. He is in much better shape now, but he was also in that shape when he decided not to resign. So I don't True. know. I, I feel like they completely, completely missed the boat. Uh, with Miro. Uh, one more here, uh, AEW, before we jump into John Cena and, and Money in the Bank this weekend. When are people going to stop sleeping on Orange Cassidy? Like, my God. Like, and even, even I'm guilty of this. Because, like, one of the first questions I asked when that match got booked on this show was, are we sure that this yeah. is the right opponent for Will Ospreay? for the IWGP world thought like really like orange Cassidy is the best Tony Khan could do. Mm-hmm. Even I asked that question. So I'm asking this question to myself. When are people going to stop sleeping on orange Cassidy? Cause I am guilty as charged with this. That match was insane last night. And to me, easily the match of the night easily. I got to agree. I mean, this is one of those matches too. like going in. I said the same thing. I'm thinking, Surely out of this roster, I know the original plan per Andrade was that he was going to face Will Ospreay. You know, the company politics got involved there with CMLL and AAA, whatever. So it didn't happen. That match would have been incredible, too. I'm sure that also would have been a show stealer if that happened instead. Um, not to say, like, this was the best match they could have done. I'm sure they would have gone in there regardless of who his opponent was and had an amazing match. But with yeah. Orange Cassidy specifically, I figured, okay, not the guy that I would put in, I would put him in there with. But it's still going to be a good match. That's what I said to myself. I didn't know it would be a great, if not excellent match, which is what it was. And I got to say this for all the character stuff that I've kind of grown tired with, with orange Cassidy and how they've booked him. Like it's weird. Like you'll beat Jericho twice and then you'll have no storylines. It's it's weird. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things where like they'll book him to be like, he was in a world title match a year ago with double or nothing. Yeah. And then like, now he doesn't do a lot and they'll kind of, I mean, he was hurt recently, but like they bring him back and I didn't want him to beat Osprey. But listen, in the ring, 
the guy is great. There is no argument about that. The soft kicks and stuff, if you don't like the gimmick, you don't get it. I understand that. I'm an Orange Cassidy fan to an extent. I think the way they use him is a little bit tiresome. But up to this point in the ring, though, you can no longer deny this guy's in-ring ability. He has it. He showed it. This was not just a Will Ospreay match. This was equal parts. Both guys were fantastic. And I agree. I feel like we all got to stop sleeping on Orange Cassidy as far as his in-ring stuff is concerned. Yeah. And you know what I loved about from commentary last night is they had an explanation for the soft kicks and things like that, that, yeah. that never really struck me before. and made total sense. It's like he uses that. Yeah. He's quote unquote lazy and you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm actually going to try and this, that, and the other thing, but it's, it is a head game thing and it definitely does work for him. It gets inside of his opponent's head because what had happened after that Osprey lost his damn temp temp. And mm-hmm. then he, you know, Ended up getting, uh, I, I forget what the move was. It was like a tornado DDT or soon after that. But he ended up face down on the mat as soon as he got ticked off that he was getting those soft kicks. And then Cassidy lit his ass up with the real yeah. one. So, you know, it's kind of like him suckering him in. And again, sleeping on Orange Cassidy. And that's what Will Ospreay was. That was the story that happened last night. But, man, this was the con- that finish alone, man. Those false finishes in that match were insane. They got me once, not once, but twice. I thought Orange Cassidy's walking away at the IWGP, and I was like, okay, <laughs> damn, they 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 were going to shock me with one match. Yeah. This is it. Um, but, yeah, this was a tremendous showing. That match, the way that it finished, that kind of crescendo, that's what I wanted out of Moxley and Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the kind of, of build and the false and going back and forth. Instead, they went with the Mox just, I'm just going to beat this dude's ass down with, like, eight eight moves here, and then, boom, yeah, he's out. So I liked the back and forth of this. And then you knew you knew that Orange was done, but he wasn't going to give up. You know, he he gets the shoulder up on the kick out and he's got the, the thumb up in the air. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still alive. You're going to have to kill me to finish me off. And then he, you know, eats the final move. That was easily uh, the match of the night. Queen uh, saying the same thing. Thank you. Cassidy is amazing. He was in the match of the night. Uh, it was uh, the match that she was most looking forward to. And uh, yeah, she was more excited for this than she would have been. Uh, Andrade. I think Andrade and Osprey would have been a hell of a match uh, as well. I going into this, I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is the right guy for Osprey, but this is going to be a fun match. Mm-hmm. I was right and I was wrong. He was the right guy for Osprey last night. And I think everything worked out uh, the way that it should have been. Looking forward now, Monday Night Raw, Graham, big match or big show tonight. I, I don't know what matches are on the card other than one. We'll get to that coming up here. But, uh, <laughs> Of course, it must be Monday. We only know about one match that's going on on Raw. <laughs> yeah. At least the one that I can remember. It has a new stipulation, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But all eyes are going to be the, on the return of John Cena, who is celebrating 20 years since his debut. Boy, that makes me feel old. Also, by the way, Seth Rollins is celebrating 10 years uh, since his debut. And Becky Lynch yesterday celebrating eight years uh, since her debut uh, in the company. So something about... June 26th, June 27th, just a kind of a special time here or there. Uh, John Cena is going to be on the show tonight, probably setting something up with Austin Theory at SummerSlam. Hell, we got more matches booked for SummerSlam already, I think, than we do for Money in the Bank this weekend, but that seems to be the direction they're going. What do you want to see out of John Cena's return on Raw tonight? I mean, I can keep it just plain and simple. Theory probably just interacting with them, setting up a match, very likely for SummerSlam. Uh, I think the top two choices for me, first of all, I want it to be more, more than a one-off, selfishly. I would like to see Cena back for, when I say a full-time run, I'm talking about like just appearing on most runs. 
I want to say I want to see him win the title. Like he the should US beat title, Theory. yeah. Yeah, he should beat Theory. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing. So I'm thinking there's a couple ways you can go with this. I think Theory, I feel like the best way to do this tonight is to mirror what they did 20 years ago by having not like a new because like Cena debuted that night. You don't have to have like Braun Breaker show up and lay out John Cena. They've already kind of done that with Kevin Owens, which was amazing. And I don't know if you can really top that with yeah. Cena specifically. Um, have someone that's on the newer side, like a theory, come in and either attack him or lay him out, embarrass him, whatever. And then maybe in retaliation. So I, what I could see happening is this: Lashley wins the U.S. Championship with the help of Cena on Saturday. I don't know then again if they would have seen him make an unadvertised appearance of Money in the Bank without yeah. advertising him or putting him in a match. I'm thinking that now, probably not. They could make um, him special guest referee or something like they that. They could. I mean, that would certainly get people interested in the show because the show, I mean, the, the latter matches sell themselves, but right. still. Um, seen in theory just makes too much sense to not do. So that's probably what I would do. And honestly, this is me. Like in the past, they'd probably say, oh, Cena has to lose. Like, yes, but over the new guy. Oh, he literally has put everyone that he's faced over for the last couple of years. I'm not saying he's owed a win because it's John Cena. Like he hasn't won anything in like three years. And obviously, I'm, say, I'm trying. I know I looked this up the last time. I'm trying to it find like 2019 it. or something. His last singles win on television, right? Like I'm going back. His last singles win on television was the greatest Royal Rumble in 2018 over Triple, Triple H. H. Yeah. He beat Baron Corbin at a Madison Square Garden show in December of 2018. And then after that, he's his only singles match since then, besides the fiend at WrestleMania 36, was against Roman Reigns at SummerSlam last year. Yeah. So he's not really even had singles matches. Exactly. That's crazy for an attraction like Cena. That's pretty wild. So listen, I'm not saying he has to win. Otherwise, his credibility is destroyed. It, it's John Cena. It's fine. Yeah, but, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's exactly Mount Rushmore. Like, come on. He's bullet. Exactly. And I think Theory can lose and look good in defeat. It really isn't that big of a deal. But I think that's the match to do. If you really want to benefit Theory, have him ascend the card a little further. That wasn't a match I wasn't even sold on a couple of months ago. I mean, the match made sense, but I just didn't think Theory was where he should have been at that point for that match to make sense. But they've really like skyrocketed them up the card in the last two or three months since I first thought about that back in like February. So now it makes sense to me to do that. Um, yeah, it's either that or the other idea I was thinking of that other people have pitched. That's not my idea. I just saw someone else say it. Uh, maybe have the judgment day come out. Finn Balor has unfinished business with Cena from last year. He stole a contract to face yeah. Roman at SummerSlam. Finn has said before he never got over that. So he's a heel now. They weren't on Raw last week. They were on main event. You know, let's bounce back here and get them on the show. Do something meaningful. Balor and Cena would also be awesome. Are you really benefiting Balor with that? Not really. Um, but still, like, I think it'd be a fresh view. No, something. but if you put that. So here's the thing, right? If you mm -hmm. put that match and I'm kind of uh, stealing my thunder for a question later. But if you say say you did that, right? Say you decided to throw Balor and Cena on this card yeah. on, on Saturday. You could have Edge return and cost Balor the match. Like it's not that true. big of a deal. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you get an Edge John Cena stare down at Money in the Bank in Vegas, and it's like, oh, okay, we all remember this. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe let's revisit this sometime next year. I wouldn't be mad if that was a WrestleMania match next year in Hollywood. To be completely honest with you, mm -hmm. Cena, Cena, and Edge at some point. Come on, get Cena and Rock on the same show. Hell yeah, you do that. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think that would be something something cool that they they could do. Again, I'll bring that up later. For me, what I kind of want to see here is I kind of want to see him play off of the fact that whether it's with Seth or Becky, the fact that it's not just John Cena's debut, 
over the last couple of weeks that they should be celebrating. I think the way that Becky has been on this like downward spiral and a lot, especially the last time uh, that Becky interacted with John Cena, she was on that rise up. And yeah. Good point. The whole, you can't see me look. I think him coming back with her on the decline now and her kind of throwing some kind of temper tantrum about why is nobody celebrating my eight years? What, what about the glass ceilings that I broke? I, th- I feel like there could be a really fun segment that you could do with, with John and her where she just goes on this tirade and he just goes, dude, what happened to you? And then yep. he just walks the hell off. I'd like to see something. I'd like to see John Cena in several segments tonight. Kind of like when edge first came back and we kind of saw him like showing all the little things and, and, little ideas of what he could be doing. I'd love to see him in multiple segments tonight. What we're probably going to get is yeah, him in theory doing something. Lashley will get involved. That's what it is. I'd like to see a little bit of uh, some other things kind of mixed in and have some fun with the fact that John, because even the last time John was here, they really didn't utilize him. Most of his appearances were either dark or on house shows. Yeah. Which is insane. You have John Cena, (laughs) like put him on, put his ass on television. It was weird, man. I remember at least one SmackDown last summer where he was in the building and they did not use him other than for the dark match after the show was over. Like, dude, he's only around for a month. Why wouldn't you use John? We don't know when he's going to be back. And obviously he's back now a year later, yeah. but that doesn't make any sense to me. I want to see as much interaction with him and the rest of the roster as possible. Last year, it was a dumb segment, but I enjoyed it because it was something we've never seen before. Cena and Riddle. They were just going bro back and forth yeah, when Cena came back on Raw. It's the, it's stupid, but it's fun. Like we haven't right. seen Cena interact with the majority of the current roster. Why not take advantage of that? You know, him and Becky, like you said, that could lead into something with Cena and Rollins familiar pose. There's a lot yeah. of different directions to go with it. I just hope it's not a disappointment where he comes out. Oh, 20 years. That's it. Play the video package. Then he leaves. Like that would right. be a bummer, but hope, anything above that would be cool. Right. And and if they do that, then theory is just going to attack him or something like that. But, you know, much like we were saying, hypnosis bro here in the comments, Cena should be the focus of the show. Yep. Uh, not just do one segment, have him interact with some of the superstars during the show, before the show uh, and everything with the theory segment. But uh, obviously, I believe everybody thinks he's going to be mixing it up with theory mm-hmm. uh, in some way, shape or form. But, uh, yeah, I do like the idea of him mixing it up with with Finn Balor or mm-hmm. you know, get attacked by the Judgment Day, something like that. I hope that they put them on the show. Again, we'll get to that. We, <laughs> we, we will get to that. First things first. I want to talk about something that happened this past Friday on SmackDown, our first show since SmackDown aired. And Graham, I don't know if you um, saw any of our previous shows or my short videos or, or anything that I've been spouting off on Twitter, but I have typed out the Sami Zayn money in the bank prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I typed this out. I, I preached it. I'm trying to scream it into existence. And already steps one and two have come to fruition. Mm-hmm. They already did them. Sami Zayn, I could not have screamed like a schoolgirl more when he told Caleb Braxton that he would not cash in his money in the bank contract if he wanted. He wanted to protect Roman Reigns. That's exactly mm-hmm. the mindset that I thought he should have heading into the match. Then all I needed him to do was qualify to, to get did. in the damn match. And then he did. Steps one and two are done. Now all that has to happen is he has to win the briefcase. Then we get months of him being treated like dog shit by the by the bloodline. And then he gets fed up and he cashes in on Roman Reigns or one of Roman Reigns' opponents and walks away as the WWE champion. Is this actually happening? Could the Sami Zayn prophecy possibly <laughs> be coming true? Are they just giving me a little bit of a nibble on a fish line to just pull me in and get me excited? Or do we think there's actually a chance that this happens because i think this makes the most sense from a storyline standpoint heading into money in the bank 
I hate to say it, but I think it's the former. I think they're just giving us a shred of hope and they're going to go with Rollins, which, listen, isn't the worst thing. It makes sense. The Rollins or the Roman connection. Cool. I agree with you, though, dude. I would put the briefcase on Sammy. And I'm not even saying Sammy has to beat Roman for the title. I think it'd be amazing if he did. I think it just it makes we don't have any real storylines right now. Let's face it. The shows aren't great. SmackDown is abysmal most weeks. Raw is fine most weeks. Not always great, but still. We don't have any storylines that are compelling enough that are making me tune in after week after week, looking forward to the shows. Sammy and Kevin specifically make me look forward to Raw and SmackDown. Sammy yes. is amazing. I'm honestly shocked, to be honest with you. We got this far with Sammy and him qualifying for the match. It would be typical WWE to not even put him in the damn thing, but he's right. there. And he and Rollins are the, uh, without even knowing who else is going to be in it, they are the <laughs> odds on favorites. I mean, it certainly isn't Omaz. We'd say that much. Um, uh, they did put the briefcase on Otis. Never forget. Listen, yeah, they've, they've done dumber. <laughs> they've done more surprising. They certainly could. They put but it listen, on Sandown. Never forget. Exactly. Exactly. And the aftermath was atrocious. Probably the worst winner they've ever had. But um, yeah, so I would have Sammy win it. I think that'd be great. Rollins winning it would not bother me because, again, there's, there's a lot of storyline possibilities there too with him and the bloodline and roman and brock and whatever that's cool but i just think sammy would be different he's never won it before and oh man they already have something so great with him in the bloodline right now why not drag this out and further tell that story and maybe he does win maybe you make people believe that he could beat roman so yeah i don't know of the two i'm fine with either winner but if you're asking me who i want to win it would be sammy i don't think it's going to happen to answer your question do I want it to happen? Yes. I agree with everything you've laid out, Rick. I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I, I look, I and mean, I'm not just tooting my own horn here because I, I have a lot of great ideas, but most of them suck. This one is actually good. Um, and I do, and you know, SB3 and I hashed this whole thing out, you know, where you know he he could help, you know, Sami Zayn after winning the briefcase, he can help Roman retain over over Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. He can help. Uh, him retain over Seth Rollins or whomever else is up next, uh, Drew McIntyre and Cardiff. And you can kind of set up many little feuds for Sami Zayn along the line because as SP3 brought up, they love to just beat the hell out of whoever wins the damn briefcase and kind of bury him until they cash in anyway. So they tend to do that a lot with these briefcase winners, not the not the ladies, obviously, because they always cash in like the next day or the night of. Um, but there's a lot of stories and a lot of feuds that you could set up with Sammy, even though he has the briefcase, still trying to prove himself to the bloodline. And then some kind of catalyst happens where he maybe overhears a conversation or something, or he just finally gets fed up that he's never going to get allowed in, that he just decides to take matters into his own hands. Mm -hmm. And I think the best option to be whether you stretch this all the way out to Survivor Series, whether you stretch it out to day one or even the Royal Rumble, is to have him pull the Rollins and cash in in the middle of the match and he pins Roman's opponent. Because then you take the titles off of Roman, right? You take the titles off of Roman, but you keep him unpinned and you keep that streak going for him and the rock at WrestleMania, because that's all that needs. That's mm-hmm. all that needs is True. Just that little bit of weakness there for the rock to have to come in and say, all right, you know, I left you in charge of the family, but obviously you're not handling your business. And that match does not need the championship. Because, again, it comes down to what do you do with the Royal Rumble winner? If you're going to just put the Rock, do we have the Rock win the Royal Rumble? No, for the love of God, you don't need that. That should be Cody Rhodes' spot. Um, there's a lot of things that change if you make the, the WWE Universal Championship match Rock and Roman. Big enough, it doesn't need it. Get those belts off of them. Protect them in that way. 
And then honestly, I would love something where after Sammy wins it, he decides to gift just straight up gift the WWE championship to his best friend, Kevin Owens. And that could be the way that you pull those titles apart. There's a lot of really fun, cool ways that they could do that. And yeah, man, it would, there's, there's a lot of fun ways that they could go with that. I hope that's the way they go. I'm not going to believe it actually happens until it happens. Yeah. Because even if this is the plan, even if somebody in Stanford saw my video and said, that's a great idea. Let's do it. That's a long time away. And in WWE, things change every damn second. We do have money <laughs> in the bank matches that are coming up this weekend. Apparently, speaking of things changing, there's now going to be eight spots in the ladder matches instead of seven. Because last night on Twitter, unless it was a mistake by the social media team, WWE said that there were two spots left in the women's match, even though six women have qualified. Hmm. So, Graham, I will ask you. Who would you like to see added into the men's and women's money in the bank ladder matches with us now six days away from the event? So we have two spots in the men's as well, or just one for the I believe men? it would be three. Oh, three wow. Them. Okay. Interesting. So for the women, if there's two, yeah, I would have two. to think Becky's going to qualify somehow. I'm not even saying she has to be on the show because my part of my thing, I was writing about this. The other she's day. on the poster, Graham. <laughs> so here's what I would do. I mean, I would have her on the show, but I wouldn't necessarily have her in the match because I don't really want her to win the briefcase. Um, she could be in the match and add more star power. I think she will find her way in tonight. But what I would do when I was writing about this the other day, I would have her cost. I mean, I guess she could do this in the match as well. Be a part of the match. I would have her cost Alexa Bliss the briefcase. I'm thinking, what do you do with Becky Lynch from here? I don't want her back in the title picture right now. I know the whole hell in the cell thing came together only because Sasha Naomi walked out. Um, but still, I don't want her back in the title picture anytime soon. I know, although her and Bianca back at SummerSlam a year later would be cool. That would be fine. I wouldn't complain about that. I think her and Alexa Bliss would be a fun feed to revisit. Alexa Bliss yes. cost Becky the briefcase the last time Becky was in the ladder match. She mentioned that on Raw, and they showed the damn video on Raw a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I, and, but Becky's reaction was brilliant, by the way, when her music hit, and she just went, this bitch. Yeah, yeah, and they interrupted <laughs> in, in, in the aisle way. So go back to that. Alexa Bliss really hasn't done much since she came back. That gives her something to do. Because if you don't do that, unless you put Becky back in the main title picture, I don't really know what you do there. I don't really want to see the Oscar thing dragged out any further. I mean, that certain purpose. Cool. Move yep. on. Her and Liv Morgan, we've seen that before recently. I'm good with that. Rhea's a heel now. Can't really do that. Unless you have her go back to being a baby face, which I wouldn't do that quite yet. Um, I think her and Alexa Bliss would be cool. So that's what I would do. You could put her in the match. I, if there's two spots left, you'll probably give her one of the spots. Um, Sonya would be another good fit. I know she lost a handicap match on SmackDown, yeah. but I think she'd be cool. Um, trying to think who else. I don't really want to see Nikki Ashen. I know she won it last year, but I don't really want to see her in it. Um, trying to think who else is on the roster. So I'd probably say Sonya and um and Becky Lynch are my two picks for that. For the men, Riddle, I think, has got to be in one. It sounds ridiculous to have people that lost qualifiers qualify anyway, but we see it every year, so whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a last chance match featuring him and AJ Styles and, and somebody like uh, who, whoever else lost yeah. uh, as well. And the Hypnosis Bro, by the way, saying the, the WWE deleted that post, so I assume it's back to seven participants. Who the hell knows, Hypnosis Bro? <laughs> who the hell actually knows? That's the whole point of this. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it, if it's only one spot, and maybe I assume it's just Becky. If there's two, throw in Sonya. For the men, I think Riddle qualifies somehow. AJ not being in it really shocks me. I know he lost to Rollins, and he has something going on with the Miz right now. Maybe that's the match on Saturday. I don't know. But 
Um, I would put AJ in there. I don't know if you would put two losers that already failed to qualify in the match, but I don't know. I don't really know. The roster is so, like, like they have no roster depth, so I don't really know what else you'd do unless Finn's in one of them or Damian exactly. Priest or something. And that's that's my point, is last week, this is what I alluded to earlier, last week they took Judgment Day off of the show yeah. because their whole central focus was around Rhea Ripley and her match with Bianca Belair. So they decided to take Judgment Day completely off the show. Don't even give them a promo. Just yeah. show them beating Edge's ass and making Edge the central focus, which was always the possibility of dooming the Judgment Day was you take their their Kevlar, their bulletproof uh, creative anchor, and yeah. remove that from the group. And now all bets are off the table, right, as far as the Judgment Day are concerned. And now one week after, I honestly thought the whole presentation and the mesh worked better with Finn Balor than it did with Edge. Mm -hmm. Not that it was bad with Edge. I was always a fan of the Judgment Day, but it just seemed smoother and it seemed to fit with all of them being like an equal placing and Rhea being at the center of everything. Sure. One week later, all of a sudden they're on main events and I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> have a good feeling about this at yeah, all. Yeah, right. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, or both of them need to be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Like you right, can't yeah. just eliminate the entire group from contention because Rhea got hurt. Like you can't just put the... Stop doing that. Yep. Stop doing that. They're e you just literally said all three of them on our e are on equal footing. So shouldn't Finn Balor and Damian Priest be wanting to go after the Money in the Bank briefcase? Mm -hmm. At least put them in a damn qualifying match for the love of Jesus. Those both of those guys uh, should be in. And tonight's, by the way, match between Kevin Owens and whether it's Ezekiel Elias or Eldron, uh, the third <laughs> brother, whoever it is, whoever wins that is now going to get into Money in the Bank as well. Yes. Kevin Owens needs to be in. For the I, love agree. Of God, I love the work that Ezekiel's been doing. He's yep. great. Kevin Owens needs to be in Money in the Bank. I, my thoughts exactly. That man needs to jump off of something high and land into <laughs> something hard. Okay, that just needs to happen. It would not be Money in the Bank uh, without that. Kevin absolutely uh, needs to be there. If there's only one spot left for the ladies in the Money in the Bank ladder match, I mean, if you look at the Raw women's division, I mean, do drop. Dana Brooke, Nikki A.S.H., Becky Lynch. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, because Zelina's her. Got to be Becky. Like, the spot, <laughs> I'm sorry, the spot, has, unless you're going to give another spot to SmackDown, in which case, yes, it should be Sonya Deville. Yep. It absolutely should be. Unless, unless Sasha or Naomi's walking through that door tonight, which we know ain't happening. Yeah. Maybe Naomi, but definitely not Sasha. Mm -hmm. Unless one of the, it has to be Becky or Sonya at this point, if there's only one spot. And if there's one spot, I say you give it to Sonia because I think the whole story of this heading into Money in the Bank has to be very similar to what they did with the 2019 Women's Royal Rumble and the fact that Becky should be the one who's winning this match based off of the storyline you built, but she's not in it. I'm sorry to say this because I am a fan of her. And somebody else brought it up in the chat earlier, and I'm sorry I, I, lost, the, uh, I lost the chat. I'll try to find it, but... Um, Shotzi's getting Kofi'd. I'm sorry. It's happening. Shotzi's <laughs> getting Kofi'd. You, if you look at that field, man, it's just like, you know, one of these things isn't like the other. They got a real chance here to absolutely stack the deck uh, with this. And I'd love to see Shotzi get this shot. No pun intended. I'm not trying to be Ronda Rousey at all there. But, you know, like, 
Oh, it was Noob who brought it up. Speaking of Becky Lynch, how about Becky randomly attacking someone to find her way into Money in the Bank ladder match? Uh, to be honest, I think Asuka is going to get Kofi. Asuka so could be a possibility. Oh, I forgot Asuka was in the match. Yeah, yeah, Asuka could be a possibility. Yeah, hell, she beat Becky clean as a sheet uh, in the main yeah. event to uh, to qualify. I would, I'd love to see Shot to get that that opportunity, but I definitely think that's what's going to happen. Is Becky is going to be going into this event on being the poster girl, but not actually being on the show. Mm-hmm. And then her story at Money in the Bank is finding a way into the ladder match. And then whether she gets screwed at the end or whether she does win it, most of this has been built around her, even though she's been losing. She's going to be in the match. It's just yeah. how she gets in the match. I don't think she's actually going to qualify. The other two outliers is whether or not they come back in time, which is Bailey or Charlotte. If one of those yeah, true. Inserted, that could completely send things haywire. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could see Bailey or Charlotte back as soon as tonight. I know Andrade yeah. came back from, you know, they got married a, two months ago or something. Andrade's already back. Uh, Charlotte, it sounded like when she took time off in early May that she'd be gone for a while. And it's only been about two months. So They gave her a broken wrist storyline. So, I mean, yeah. that, that takes some time. All right. You can't yeah. just magically do the WWE. Oh, she's a miracle. She healed in three weeks. <laughs> Doesn't work out. Yeah, so I mean, I'm thinking I, I don't think SmackDown needs her. The SmackDown women's division isn't great, but I still would prefer if they kept Charlotte off for a little while. Yeah, um, yeah. Bailey, I don't really, I, I'm just not a big fan of repeat winners, and I love Bailey. I think she can come back because the thing with Bailey is that she doesn't even really need the briefcase. You can go off the story that a year ago when she got hurt, she was already owed a title shot against Bianca and Money in the Bank. Honestly, that would have been amazing if they didn't put Carmella in that spot. Put Bailey in that spot. I, I would assume she's ready to go by now. I don't know what's up with Bailey. I, I'm here's here's my thing, man. I still have a theory that they're going to reverse what they did at at SummerSlam. They're going to treat Carmella dirty again, but this time it's going to be Bailey who's coming back to take out taking Carmella. the belt from Bianca. Oh, Car- <laughs> you think she'll beat Bianca for the title? I don't know. If she'll beat. I don't think she'll beat Bianca necessarily, but I do think that she will replace Carmella. Like I just should have just announced Bailey from the get go. Then. <laughs> It's WWE, man. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, true. I see, I see WWE in their mind going. Well, we had to replace Bailey with Carmella. What if we replaced Carmella with Bailey? That'd be a big <laughs> surprise. I could just, I again, I'm not saying it's a good idea. No, I, 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 I could see WWE doing that. Yeah, I could see it. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Bailey. That, that, so that's why I wouldn't put the briefcase on her. I just don't think she needs it. She's already had it. She can come back and demand a title shot because she's Bailey. And there's also a storyline reason for it. She never got it last year. Um, but yeah, Becky winning it. I, like I said, I just, there, she, this whole thing's built around her. I don't think she needs it, but it is interesting. I love Liv. I really want Liv to win because I think she could benefit the most from it. But do they see the same thing in Liv that we all do? I, I just don't get the feeling that they do. So I don't think they're going to do that. I think Lacey's going to win. She's probably my odds on favorite. I don't even hate that idea, but it sounds like a lot of people just aren't on board of that. And I get it, but it's because I mean, we th- don't know what Lacey is. Yeah. That's, I guess that's like, the problem. Yeah. I, and I, I'm looking, by the way, shameless plug. I'll be talking to Lacey Evans later this week for uh, nice. pro wrestling. So, uh, you know, if, if I get the opportunity to kind of like really kind of dive in, I will ask her, are you a baby face or a heel? Like, which yeah. one are we, which one are we going for here? Now that all depends yeah. on whether or not she's in character or not. Sure. Some people like to do that, but, uh, yeah, man, just her whole return, I think has it's nothing against her. I just think WWE botched the hell out of it because like, is she a baby? Is she a face? Uh, what, she show a is she on? what show is she on? Why are we doing five weeks of these vignettes when we should have been doing three of them and called yep. it a day? Like they, they just totally botched her return. Extenuating circumstances being what they were with Sasha Banks and, sure. and Naomi. So, um, 
Yeah, man. I think that's why people aren't on board with, with Lacey because they don't know what she's doing. But as of the people who are in the match right now, yes, I agree with you. I think Lacey is the odds on favor to win. Yeah. And I don't even mind Raquel winning either. Cause I think Raquel, honestly, so far she, they've done well with her. They've protected her. She's won a decent amount. They teased the thing with Rhonda. She beat I, Rhonda's ass. She beat Rhonda's ass. I do think she'd be better off as a heel, but the problem is that with Sasha and Naomi being gone, that leaves two less baby faces on SmackDown. So you kind of need her as a baby face right yeah. now. That's the problem. Um, her winning would be fine. I, I don't think she really needs it, but that would be cool too. I, I, I would love nothing more for than for Liv to win because I think she should have won last year, in my opinion. And we had the Nikki Ash thing instead that lasted all of a month. But whatever. That's just me. Um, it, it, listen, if Becky's in it, she wins. There's worse options. There's yeah. certainly worse options. And it creates some interesting storyline possibilities. So the women's match is weird. And in the men's match, I want Rollins or Sammy, specifically Sammy. That makes sense. The women's one, it's like, all right, we all kind of expect Lacey to win, but people don't really like that idea. Does Becky really need it? Do we Are we happy with that? I think we are. I don't really know. Live, we all want her to win, but I don't think she's going to. So the women's one is, it's both good and bad. It's not 100% predictable, but it's also like, all right, what are the pros and cons of each option? Whereas with the men's, it's like, all right, Sammy or Rollins, specifically Sammy, like we said, better win. If we don't, we riot. Like the rest of them don't make yeah. sense. So yeah, it's, it's I, think, interesting. I think of the women, the one that makes the most sense to me anyway is Alexa Bliss, just based on how they have booked her. Where she has okay. she has won a lot of matches, and frankly, she does have history with Ronda Rousey. If you wanted to beef up the SmackDown Women's Division, you could use the Money in the Bank as a way for her to kind of get over there True. and get back into the title picture. Because the last time she was truly in the title picture, I'm not counting her loss against Charlotte in in Columbus. Uh, the last time she was truly in the title picture, she got squashed. Yeah, both by times. Ronda Rousey. Rousey beat her ass now i don't know if she's that excited to get back in the ring with ronda rousey <laughs> because you know she was legitimately tossed around with ronda rousey but there's some history there that you could kind of dive into with those two um and so based off of just sheer booking alone and the fact that it's been so long since she has been in the title picture alexa makes a lot of sense but i do also like the idea of becky getting in there and alexa costing her the briefcase again there as well because that, that becky Alexa feud and that history is so good mm-hmm. and they are both so much better than they were in 2016. Yeah. Six really years ago. Down. Yeah. I could not imagine how great that that would be to revisit that. And I think it's long overdue. So uh, yeah, I would, I would love for, uh, for, for any of those kind of options uh, to be there. I think Charlotte getting in there, Bailey getting in there, that kind of changes things up. But right now until Becky gets in there, and you still got those reports too that they want to do Becky and Bianca at, at SummerSlam again. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, how does Becky winning the briefcase make any damn sense unless she cashes in on Bianca and then Bianca is challenging Becky again at SummerSlam? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All I know out of the women's briefcase is whoever has it, please hold it for longer than 24 hours. Please, <laughs> just please, for the love of God, we don't need another quick cash in. We got both ends of the spectrum. You either hold it longer than anybody like Carmella did, or you literally can't wait to get the damn thing off of your hands. Mm-hmm. Graham, this has been a blast. I appreciate you stepping in, pinch hitting here. Uh, tell people where they can find your stuff and uh, what you got going on this week, because I'm sure you'll be talking to somebody for Money in the Bank as well. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Like you've already put on the screen right there at WrestleRant is pretty much where all you can find all my stuff. WrestleRant.com, Bleach Report, Daily, DDT, all that other sort of stuff. So on Thursday, I'm speaking to Theory, which is interesting. It all depends on what's going down tonight with Cena. We're either going to talk Money in the Bank or Cena or both. So I guess it really is a matter of what's going on. Uh, That's going down on Bleach Report on Friday, I think, right before the show on Saturday. So 
it's going to be a busy couple of days, especially with Forbidden Door yesterday. We got Money in the Bank on Saturday. And then we got SummerSlam in like a month. I, I think a month from yesterday or five weeks or whatever, which we're both going to be at, which I'm looking forward I, to. I, so. I, should, I should start packing now because I, <laughs> I tend to do this thing where I'm Me like, too. oh, wait, I'm leaving in two days. I yeah. should probably find my suitcase. So <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I pack it like the last minute. It's always the busiest time of year for both that and mania, but it's always, it's always well worth it. I met you last year at SummerSlam and it was a great time. Oh no, I actually met you at WrestleMania, but we, we hung out at SummerSlam in Vegas. So it's going to be a fun time in Nashville. So I look forward to that, but uh, yeah, Bleach Report, WrestleRant, that's where you can find all my stuff. And I appreciate you, Rick, for having me on. This was great as always. Have you ever had like a, a true Nashville hot chicken sandwich? I haven't. I was just thinking before you mentioned that we got to get sushi again, but yes, I have not had that. And is that on your list of things to get? Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's, let's buy, let's, you know, for save that for next year. Yeah, time. save that for the next one. Uh, let's go get a Nashville hot chicken sandwich when we meet up in Nashville. Let's Sounds good. Hashtag booking, my man. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> Graham. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody who uh, who chimed in on the comments today. Noob and Safet and Queen and everybody who joins us as always. Hypnosis, bro. Thank you guys so much. I would love to see win, uh, Liv win too, real quick, Safet. I'd love to see Liv win, but until she actually gets booked to win a big match. I'm not going to believe it's going to happen. She has no big match cred whatsoever. No equity built up. Hell, she had the biggest pop of the night at last year's Money in the Bank. And what did they do immediately afterwards? They took her off television for six weeks. Yeah. WWE, man. Gotta love it. Gotta love appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Pound that thumbs up button, by the way. Pound that subscribe button. Check out my pinned tweet. Register to win tickets to SummerSlam. Maybe you can have a chicken sandwich with me and Graham. We'll see. <laughs> Take care, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 2.15, myself and SB3, Believe in Pro Wrestling Live, brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.